Okay, a bit of housekeeping. Things are changing. We are renaming our podcast to Our Cannabis Stories. So from now on, Weedworks Blunt Talk About Working in Marijuana is going to be the Our Cannabis Stories. Change is good. Yay. So welcome to Our Cannabis Stories. And you're going to hear firsthand stories from people who are working in the cannabis field. Let's dive in. So today we are going to be talking to Hannah. She recently became an alumni through our cannabis and she has hit the ground running and has some exciting news about the impact that participating in our cannabis classes have had on her job prospects. So let's get on the phone with Hannah and find out how things are going for her. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Oh, another day at the office for me. Nice. Yeah, I'm stoked about it. (laughs) (laughs) So for those those that don't know you, give us a quick introduction. Who are you and what's your thing? Yeah, so my name is Hannah. I've been in cannabis retail for the last two years consistently or a little over two years, a little bit longer than that in and out a little bit before then, back when Lansing had, you know, 125 stores before they were all closed down. (laughs) Gone from being in a temporary operating facility in March of, you know, we're in March of 2019. We didn't know if at the end of the month, we were still going to have jobs and be able to be open to one year, you know, fast forward one year later, now I'm in management and we launched recreational sales and then experience going curbside. Nice. It's been really interesting. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a, a full journey in cannabis retail. Yeah. Right on. So uh, how do we know each other? From our cannabis, from taking your, I participated in one of your classes, updating my resume and interviewing skills. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And how, how do you feel like that went? Oh, amazing. It was great. When I was first laid off back in January, I was super devastated because I did, I felt like I was being kicked out of the industry and that, you know, I just wanted to stay part of it. I love being in cannabis so much. Um, but my only, you know, last two years do I have a, like official experience in cannabis. So I felt like I didn't know if my resume would really be marketable to anybody with what was on it. And then when we updated our resumes, I just, I couldn't believe the boost in confidence. I felt so much like, oh, whoa, I am not being kicked out of this industry. I am this industry. Yeah. I am this industry. So that was great. And then the networking I've been able um, to do since then, especially since the industry tends to be pretty secretive. So it's hard to meet people and network with people. And that was, that's been amazing as well. Um, along with practicing interviews. And that was something I've never gotten to do. I've only gotten feedback. You know, essentially I got the job or didn't. Never did anyone sit down and say, you should work on this. You should do this differently. You know, focus on this. So it was just extremely beneficial. Even if I honestly, even if I didn't stay in cannabis, it was it was extremely beneficial. Well, are you are you staying in cannabis? Oh, a hundred percent. They can't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think anybody wants to either. So what what has been the impact? What has happened since you've taken the class or or during the class? 
Oh, geez. So I waited to apply for any jobs until our class was over. So I started applying for jobs just a week ago. Yep, a week ago today, I think. Yes. And uh, I've already gotten three calls about my resume. And I've done one interview, lined up a second interview with the company, and just lined up an interview um, with another one. I wish that you could see the biggest smile I have on this podcast. I'm just <laughs> cheesing it so hard. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I feel like Miss Popular now. <laughs> Yes. Oh God. Yeah. Hannah, let's go. I'm so stoked. Yeah. Oh man. I didn't, And you know, like we were texting and I remember saying, I can't wait to talk to you and, and find out what happened. Don't tell me right now. <laughs> and I just, I had no idea that you had that much action that fast fast oh my god Anna! i think you're gonna set a record that is awesome <laughs> thank you yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty excited about it. it makes me feel pretty good that's for sure yeah and you know and what it says to me is it's not you it's your resume that that's what yeah. it says yeah it, it's not a it's not that it, it's no reflection on you as a person or on anybody else it's your resume probably sucks and it doesn't show how awesome you are so let's fix that and oh yeah definitely my resume heavily had focused on customer service and my work in securities and nursing and stuff where now it's very cannabis focused yeah so what kind of job are you looking for retail management ideally a general manager i would really love to run my own store what about overseeing a couple stores is that something that you're is in your wheelhouse Oh, definitely. I, I don't really feel like I've got a limitation as to what I can do and what I'm willing to do. I'm really, that's one thing I feel really fortunate about being in cannabis in the position I am in is, you know, I get to be at the start and the pioneer of the industry, but I am not like a lot of these license holders who had to put, you know, and like your family who had to, you know, empty their retirement accounts and put a lot into having being able to even get yourself an opportunity in the industry. Um, so I, I just, I feel super grateful to be part of it and want to take it as far as I can go. Well, and, and the sky's the limit, you know, you're, you're yeah. you've been in cannabis for two years and this thing's not going, it's not getting any smaller. It's not going in a way. And so right. what's your ultimate goal? Well, let's, let's say 10, 15 years. Well, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I would love to be head of retail somewhere <laughs> for cannabis. Um, I never thought I'd want to be in retail, but cannabis retail is a whole—it's a whole different ball game. And I feel like my experience on the ground level, dealing with patients and watching how the and being part of the industry develop and its changes, I feel like I've got a unique idea of the challenges that are faced on the ground floor that can easily be forgotten about, you know, things as simple as which doors stay closed in the building. Mm. Yeah. I was, I was just on the phone with a, another business owner and he said, Matt, you know, I, I love the programs. I love what you guys are doing and, and we want to talk about supporting it. And I went, cool. He said, do you do any bud tender training? And I said, no, <laughs> no, we don't, but we have people that, that can do that. And I thought about, I thought about you. I thought about Tyler. I thought about Mark. I thought, you know, that might be an opportunity for you guys to moonlight or to do some oh, consulting. Yeah. 
Oh, definitely. Definitely. I feel like last year, uh, when everyone started getting licensed and stuff right before the pandemic, companies started doing more to help educate bud tenders on their products and benefits of them. But then with COVID, com- with COVID coming around, um, you know, that seems to have really been put on a back burner. It's coming back now because everybody knows the drill. I'm going to go back. So, all right. So you've got some interviews lined up and you had an interview. How did that go? Uh, it went awesome. It was my first interview with a multi-state operator. And that was really, really interesting. Yeah. What was it like? They seem, they seem very in touch and aware of what challenges are faced at the ground level um, in cannabis. And one thing I thought was interesting too was their approach was much different than what I've experienced with uh, Michigan-based companies. Their approach is a lot more hands-off when they, you know, point you as a manager of a store, it is up to you to run that store. Uh, You're given points of contact, you know, shall you need assistance, but they really leave it in the manager's hands where my experience beforehand has been really having ownership teams and corporate teams heavily involved in the day-to-day operations at the store. Which can be beneficial and frustrating sometimes when you when your superiors are unaware of some of the challenges you face. I'm I'm the chef. Get out of the kitchen. Let me cook. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, did any of the questions that we prep come up during the interview? With the um, HR, re- so I interviewed with the HR recruiter first, and then we've are in process of scheduling the second interview. Not a whole lot of those questions came up. I think big one was essentially why I should be chosen for the job, um, why I felt like I would be good at leading my own store, and how I felt about handling, you know, escalated situations with patients and staff. Ooh, that one did come up. I saw that on your questionnaire. And uh, I was just thinking some of those questions we have, I mean, we have a, we have a list of over 50 interview questions and I only asked you, I think 10 of them. And I, in, in my mind, I'm taking notes. I went, Holy crap. I should have gave Hannah all of those questions and then just randomly asked her when we were doing our, our uh, in-class drills and, and practice, I should have just picked a name, picked a question out of a hat and asked you that. So your mom drilled me pretty good on a lot of them. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, your interview experience was very different than Will's. <laughs> Will, Will got off easy for a little bit, and I'm actually going to be interviewing him here in a couple hours. And uh, oh, nice. yeah, so <laughs> yeah, you got a very formal interview, and I got more of a a practice here. Let me help you. <laughs> you just get met with a shotgun. So, um. Did you feel like the the training, the interview training paid off in preparation? Definitely. Definitely. Especially because the few times I have interviewed for cannabis companies, it's a lot more, uh, I find that the interviews tend to be more them telling you about their company. And you've really got to, I feel like you've really got to make a point to ask a lot of questions, especially as young in the industry and as different as each business operates right now. And so, you know, that was something I didn't have a lot of confidence in doing before. And now I'm adamant I'm not, you know, even entertaining an offer until these set of questions are answered. Get it. Get it. 
Yes, that's right. Hannah's not having it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Something I wanted to mention actually to you about um, my interview yeah. that I had was that one thing that the lady interviewing me made a point to mention was that being in various states, the more she has done HR recruiting over the years, the more it seems that it's hard to get women into get strong female candidates for management positions and above. But she, her opinion was that she felt like women get pushed out of the industry a lot. Mm. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. She prided herself very much on the one store she just staffed being 75% female. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, can be good or bad. I mean, well, you know, that that's so interesting in that when we, when we built our, our warehouse facility, it was, it was me, our chef and a, a big guy like me. He was taller than me. And it was all ladies. The whole staff was ladies. And there was a study that said that in cannabis, women-owned businesses outperform men-owned businesses by 23%. That doesn't surprise me at no, all. Me neither. It doesn't surprise me. I think maybe the trend is more, I don't know, like I think in my last company, they have seven locations right now. Only one of them has a female general manager. Why do you think women are, are not in cannabis? Um, I think a lot of times, especially if you were around during temporary operating times, before uh, business owners really took pride and took it seriously to behave like a business. Um, mm, yeah. Oh my I, gosh. I yeah. think, you know, there was a lot of, mm -hmm. You know, yes. feeling probably more like it was a boys club and things like that, especially, you know, how some shops used to be where you walked into them and it was like a big party and things. So I think that's part of it. I think stigma was, is part of it. I, I got a call from a, from a young lady years ago and she was just sobbing and I went, oh my gosh, what's, what's going on? And she was being sexually harassed by a general manager. And this was, this was in the gray market days. This is way before medical and recreational. And, you know, she was just sobbing. She said, I love this job. I love working here, but this guy keeps asking me to go to his car and I just don't feel comfortable. And I said, okay, well then walk out, you know, nothing has worked that. And she said, well, what, what can I do? You know, my husband's a lawyer. He wants to sue him and he wants to punch him in the face. And I said, well, I, you know, I understand that. Don't. He's a lawyer, so he knows what that means. Don't. But get out of that situation. And it it was quite a while before she came back into cannabis. And she was so leery about the companies because of that experience and because there wasn't much recourse. And so, you know, for me, I'm going, oh, my God, you asshole. You're making us all look bad. Why are you doing that? Also, you're a piece of shit. I hate you. And so there's that. <laughs> right. But... You know, it's, it's something where as the states are bringing more programs on, as the programs are starting to become more mature and some more structures are coming in, there's recourse. It Unfortunately, it happens. It happens in every industry. And now if it happens, okay, then you can go file a complaint with the state. You can go report them to HR. There's recourse. There's things that can be done. Does that even exactly even being able to leave indeed re reviews on indeed? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And also Facebook and wherever. I mean, 
bad gas travels fast in this industry without a doubt. Yeah. And, and also so does the good stuff. And so what are the things that you saw at this company that you went, Oh, okay. Like I'm willing to take a second interview. I really like, so one thing I, I thought was great about them was, uh, I feel like since I've been in cannabis, so many, so many business owners are, this is the date I'm doing this. This is the date we're launching this store, this, that, and the other thing. And even before COVID, you couldn't really depend on those kind of timelines. Now <laughs> with, you know, now with COVID, there's even more stopping it up. Uh, in that interview, she actually told me, you know, one of their stores got hung up on licensing and delayed opening because the city clerk's staff was all let go mm. for that city. And they're the ones who process them. So, you know, there's things like that that come up. And I like that they seemed to be very aware of that and to want to plan for that. And even though they, you know, she told me their goal is to have 10 stores in Michigan, they haven't already sat down and randomly picked out 10 locations. They're being careful and diligent and thoughtful about where, what markets they choose to get into, which I think is a sign of long-term success. So that was really reassuring too. Absolutely. Being tactical about where these businesses go will ensure their long-term success. And so what other questions did you, did you ask during the interview? Uh, I definitely asked about a reporting structure. There was some of my questions though I felt like were so targeted that they would be best for my second interview when I actually spoke to the person who's over retail. But I did make sure to ask about what the reporting structure was like. Let me, I, let me ask you this because that I'm really curious about that. So you felt like some of the questions were really targeted. And how did you feel and what was the reaction of the of the interviewer when you were throwing darts? She seemed surprised and impressed. Yes. <laughs> um, a little bit thrown off guard. I could, And that was part of why I decided to hold off on some of them because I could tell that, mm, Okay. you know, she wasn't as involved in the retail side. But I did find it neat that even though, you know, her job is mainly HR and recruiting, she was telling me that, you know, when their first store opened in Michigan in January, she was there helping label everything and put things into metric and stuff. So <laughs> it was funny how amazed she was at what we do in the store. Yeah, but I mean, I, I love cross training across the board because she knows what that job is. She has an idea. And so she right. will be able to interview better and find better candidates. Yeah, that's 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 really good that that happened. Oh, hundred percent. You ask her some some targeted questions, and I'm glad that you were you were present enough to say, "Oh, okay, I've got her, I've got her off. I made my point. I'm prepared. She sees that, but I'm not going to pummel yeah. her." And that was that was very smart. So you're going to carry those questions over to the next interview. And what questions did you not ask that you're like, "Oh, you walked out, and you went, oh crap, I wish I would ask this." So uh, a couple of things that I'm really eager to know are uh, what the review process is like and how often that happens and what metrics I would be rate or graded against, essentially. Another thing I'm definitely curious to know is what their goals are for the store for 30, 60, 90 days after opening. Mm, yeah. I think that's definitely important. And I definitely want to know what scope of power at, as a manager, I have, I know she, she made it sound very broad and big, 
but I have a lot more questions about that because you know, I've been in a store before where I was told, oh, yeah, you, you own your own store. You guys are going to run everything, but we're not even allowed to update our own weed map page. So I definitely want to make sure I ask some more questions about what that scope of power and accountability looks like as well. Yeah, those are really good questions. Those are good. I I remember having this conversation. <laughs> like, where did you get those questions? Some of those questions, Hannah. <laughs> oh, you know, someone gave me this great document full of good interview questions. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and the, and the point in in that document was to spark your imagination and and fill in your questions or just jump off points. And it sounds like you've you've really done that and. I would, with a second interview, I would, I would definitely, and you were virtual, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. Yep. Especially because it'll be with the vice president of marketing who's out of Colorado. I mean, that's fantastic because you can just have your notes right in front of you and just read your questions and just check them off as you go. That's a huge exactly. advantage. Yeah. I already wrote all my questions down, left plenty of space so I can write an answer. Nice. So you've got some other offers too. So talk to me about those. What are those roles? And do you have interviews lined up? I was reached out to yesterday about overseeing uh, two stores. I don't know if I want to pursue that simply because of how far away it is and where it's located. Um, That's, you know, another interesting challenge about cannabis jobs is because of communities we're able to choose and to opt in or not. It, you know, limits how many jobs are in which places. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And with the housing market right now, it just wasn't, it wouldn't be feasible for me to move to that area. But it, it was funny because when the gentleman called me, one of the first things he said was, I see your resume has a lot of metric experience on it. <laughs> I remember <laughs> making sure to put that right at the top. Um, so I was pretty happy to hear him say that. Um, and then I have an interview. Uh, being scheduled a virtual interview for a general manager position in Grand Rapids with a company that also has multiple locations and is looking to open up more locations. Um, so I'm very interested to see uh, what that and how that interview goes. Me too. Me too. And you know what? There's going to be, I think you were first to this, but I think there might be a clash of the alumni. This, this, this will be the first one. So... Yeah. Oh, you've got multiple alumni interviewing? I think so. Uh, I that's do. Really, I mean, but that's really cool, too, though. I mean, I think that speaks volumes about your program, too, though. Oh, well, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I, didn't th- I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just like, okay, it's 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 the battle of the alumni. Like, I, I, I can't root for any of you because I want you all to get it. Like. <laughs> oh, well, and, you know, I mean, but that's like, I mean, that's the wonderful thing, though, about interviewing with a company that's about to open up more locations too. So, and I, you know, I think it's, I mean, like I said, I think it's a big testimony to you because one of the first things I think of is, okay, when I get these management jobs, I am going to be, you know, anytime there's hiring or anything, I'm going to be on HR that, oh, we need to reach out to our cannabis. That's who we need to talk to. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The, the classes have, have filled up again. And um, Good. after that NPR interview, the class filled up and then we had to open more spots. And you know, you know that you know three or four out of ten people are are, are not gonna show up or they're gonna quit. You know that. And mm-hmm. so do I. 
but the classes are gradually getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, yeah, so it's the, the alumni network is growing for sure. That is so cool. And the one thing that I really liked was uh, with your class that started that Will and I um, went to their icebreaker for, it was really neat to see how diverse of a group of people from age, gender, race, job background, just such a diverse group of people. And it's really neat. And one thing I think is really neat about cannabis is I feel like it's a place where a lot of people who haven't found where they fit in in other jobs fit in. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I think that, you know, it's really just encouraging to see the, di- the diverse group of people and their background. And then I was, you know, it's funny because then as I'm browsing through Indeed and I'm seeing there's just been so many cool cannabis jobs created. Yeah. And on that note, you know, there's, there's a guy we're working with right now. He's a, he's a PhD economist. He's a published author and well, he's written a book, like five of them, and he's been published in major publications. And he's like, well, you know, I, I, I want to find something in cannabis. And I went, okay, well, what do you want to do? And we're talking about positions that are not indeed, that there are no job titles for in cannabis. They don't, they don't exist. And we're seeing that that's beginning to be the trend where people are like, oh, we have Miriam, for example, coming through the Detroit cohort right now. She's been a social worker for 20 some years. The value that she brings to the table, companies don't even have a job description for what she could do, which right. could be quite a bit when it comes to interfacing with, with people and fulfilling some of the needs at the dispensary. And so that's what's exciting is the opportunity to create a role. That's something that I enjoy is going to a company and saying, hey, you don't you don't know that you need this person in this role, but you do. And let me introduce you. That's to me, that's a ton of fun. So I think you hit it right oh, on yeah. the head that the the diversity of people is is there. And there's a big push to get minorities in and to get women in. And thinking about the Detroit cohort, we have one, one lady in the entire cohort. And so oh, wow. how do we how do how do we drive awareness? to women that cannabis is legit, that there are opportunities and, and their skills are needed. You know, I think it's going to be the continued networking. Before COVID, I went on a trip. I flew down to see my parents in Alabama, which has no form of legal marijuana whatsoever. And I made sure to wear, you know, my clothes from the store I worked at. And I was able to educate on every, you know, I had a couple layovers on every plane ride I was on. I educated the people around me about cannabis and they all were very shocked looking at me that I was someone who was in cannabis and talking to other women about it. It really seems to like a light bulb goes on like, oh wait, it's normal to do this? And yes, it is. So I think it's a lot of breaking that stigma barrier. I think the more um, as cannabis as the cannabis industry employees and representatives are more involved in their communities and reaching out. And really it's on us to, to reach out to other professions and see where we can network and find those missing positions that we're missing, you know, that we don't know we need. 
to really fill those. And I do feel like just down to DNA and genetics, I feel like men you know, do great, strong workers, go, go, go. And then you got your women who are, you know, tend to be a little bit better at maybe multitasking and wearing multiple hats. <laughs> yeah, that, no. no, that's, uh, that's so funny with, with our warehouse. It was, it was my mom and all her, her little lady friends. And that's literally, that's what we did. We came in, we're like, Oh, you need this big, heavy thing moved. All right, cool. Here you go. All right, bye. And we left that we just stayed out of their way and there was no ego. There was no, there's no nothing. Everybody just communicated and helped each other and, and everything was, was smooth. So I, I, I saw that firsthand. And, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about Disney movies where they, they're, they're making Disney movies where it, it's an African-American character. It's an Asian character. That way kids can see people that look like them. And they go, oh, wait, I could do this because I see someone that looks like me. And so I think you hit it on the head again with being out there. And I think that's so ballsy to to wear your (laughs) cannabis stuff on the plane. (laughs) When when people find out on a plane or wherever, you know, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm in cannabis. I've got a conversation for the entire duration of the of the trip. They got questions. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it was funny when I helped my caregiver um, open a shop down in Marinci a few years ago, and the city manager. It was so funny. He stopped by the store every day. He was so curious. He wanted to know all sorts of things about cannabis, and you know why would someone come in every day for just a gram? And he, it was it was great to really you know open up his office's eyes to what we were doing and you know that cannabis really is for everybody. There's no need to have a stigma around it. I I know that city manager and also um it's Jerome Bustle's birthday today. He's he's oh. a reason. Yeah. Um so happy birthday, Jerome. <laughs> happy birthday. Yeah. Well, honestly, I could just shoot the breeze with you all day, but I'm gonna have to run. I would love to, if you're open to just doing this again after your after your next interview and just definitely seeing how the journey goes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll let you know. Um, like I said, the last emails I responded to for all of them were scheduling, so I'm just waiting for scheduling invitations. Yeah, probably a week or you know, week and a half, two weeks usually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what what fears or holdups do you have going into this next interview? Um, for the second interview or yeah. the first? Yeah. So. I guess the only thing I worry about is I worry how I'm going to feel if they dance around my questions, my more directed questions about, you know, what a review process is like and everything. Cause I think it'll be disappointing if they don't have something or the answers are very much, well, as we go, we're going to lay that out and everything. You know, I'd like to see them have some sort of idea of what those things look like. Okay. So you could, I'm a risk taker. I take risks early and often. And I go splat quite a bit and I don't care. I just go and jump off the cliff again. So because I'm that way, it doesn't mean that you should or anybody else should, but this is, this is how I do things. If I was in your shoes and I had some targeted questions like that, when that schedule comes in and they say, okay, we're going to see you next Thursday at three o'clock. I'll say, okay, next Tuesday, I would send those questions ahead of time. And I would say, Hey, these are really specific questions and I don't want to put you on the spot, 
but it's important that I have answers to them. I w- I'd like you to have these ahead of time. That's a great idea, especially because part of uh, why I didn't w- want to ask more questions in my first interview was, you know, it was only scheduled a half hour and she had taken so long explaining things to me about who they were and what they did. And then even just answering my one question and we were already outside that half hour. Um, did did you say, excuse me, Miss interviewer, um, let me teach you about the instant speech. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That's a risk that I'm glad you did not take, but, (laughs) oh my gosh. Oh, wow. If I don't go with this job, I'll send her the link to the instant speech. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) But. But that's the power of the instant speech, how much time got chewed up and not in rambling, but in conversation that you probably didn't need to have or could have been more concisely put. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So definitely agree. the, I'm thinking on the other hand, so with the conversation being a bit one-sided, how did you feel with your instant speech format? I felt great. I felt like that was part of what impressed her so much was that I had, you know, answers ready to go and quick. It wasn't, you know, I might've thought about it for a moment, but I didn't, there wasn't a lot of pausing. Um, like, you know, it was very, kept my little template sheet in front of me and held my fingers underneath the desk and did my one, two, three on my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good, good. Do you think it was easier to do a virtual interview than an in-person one? I do. I think it was way, way easier. I agree. And more, more comfortable for sure. And even, and honestly, when I had the place call yesterday and their first thing was, you know, after talking was immediately, you know, we only talked a couple minutes and then, well, we want to get you here and have you come see and look around, um, which I get and I understand, but we are in COVID times. And honestly, that's one thing I worry about with opening a new store is you're bringing a whole new staff together and, you know, the possibilities that can go wrong just the first two weeks from having a whole new group of people around each other that's not been around each other. Negotiations is, a, is part of the curriculum. And I, I said during the class, I said, you know, we're just going to talk about a little bit of theory here, but when it, this isn't like a deep dive. The negotiations are going to come later when you're out in the field searching. And that moment is right now. And so the listeners, you're just going to listen to basically what it's like when you're an alumni and you contact our cannabis and you say, hey, this is what's going on. What do you think? This is what we do. This is how we support you after after the classes. So with with that they say hey we'd love to have you over and you can counter by by first thanking them saying hey thank you i really appreciate that but in respect to all of our time i'd i'd like to do a virtual interview and then i just think about too there's not been one shop i've been in that has been set up where it's got a good interview space <laughs> right to inter- you know to interview on a, uninterrupted at my last shop actually as nice and big of a store as it is i had someone coming in for an interview and you know we had our manager's office but my boss's boss scheduled the last minute team's meeting with him so he couldn't give me the office and i was just 
walking around the building like, where the heck am I going to interview this person? We're going to have to stand out in the parking lot. Mm. Mm. So I think the virtual interviews also give you that privacy in an interview that you get in most businesses, but it's hard to find in cannabis. That was a, that was a really good, that was a really good observation. Yeah. And wow. I didn't even think of that, but with the building layout and the design, most people don't either. I was, that was good. That was really good. So it, it's okay. You don't have to dismiss them outright. You can, you can very professionally say, thank you. Thank you. But let's get to know each other first. And if I'm interested in working with you guys, if you're interested in working with me, then I'd, I'd like, I'd love to come over and take you up on that invitation to see the facility. But until then, I would be most comfortable having a, a virtual interview first. You know, if, they, if they're like, no, well, then that, boom, I just saved you a bunch of time. <laughs> um, right. You know, I, a lot of the businesses are just so, they're so excited to show what they've done. And I think that most people are so excited to just come into a facility that it's almost just, I think the excitement, the, the wiggle puppies kind of overrun somebody and they're just like, Hey, you want to come over and look at our cool stuff? And people are like, yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't fault them for that, but how they react to your communication. And I would do it. I would do it now. I would do it directly. That'll tell you whether, whether you, you know, you say, Hey, thanks, but no thanks. Or you say, yeah, okay, cool. Let's, let's entertain this. But that's really good that you've got these, these multiple offers and, yeah, I'm just excited. I think you're probably going to end up at that, at that, the company where you have the second interview. I wouldn't be surprised at all, but it's good to have yeah, options. I, yep. And I think I, and I guess the cool thing too is researching the companies and stuff. I think either way I would be pleased with either location or either company from what I've seen so far anyway. Perfect. Perfect. Well, any closing thoughts, remarks, advice for people listening out there? My biggest piece of advice, I think, would be unlearn everything you've learned about resumes before. <laughs> We're in a whole new world of resumes. And the other thing would be get on the state's website for where they have the map of license holders mm -hmm. and start looking at what some of those businesses are, their license name is or the name they do as opposed to their doing business as name because uh, a lot of the cannabis jobs online you know, would be listed like you know, you've got C3, which is cloud cover. You know, so if you don't know what C3 is, you wouldn't know, you know, cloud cover the same with. I think that's one of the smaller but basic obstacles faced to is just being able to even know who these companies are. Yeah, that, and that's, that's some good advice. Heck yeah. Well, thanks for your time, Hannah. I appreciate it and yeah. look forward to... To hearing from you after your next interview. Yeah, me too. I look forward to talking again. All right. Well, thanks, Hannah, and uh, have a good day. We'll talk. We'll talk soon. Bye bye. Bye.
So that was our interview with Hannah. And we're just going to do a rolling story with her. The next interview is going to be with Will. Will was in the same cohort as Hannah. And we're going to do the same thing. We're going to find out the impact, the results, where he's at in his job search. And Will is over on the eastern seaboard. And so he's in a totally different market. And it'll be interesting to see how things are coming together for him. As always, thanks for listening. And if you want help getting a job in cannabis, then go to rcannabis.org. Sign up for a free class. Everything that we do is free. All the help and support that we have given Hannah is covered by the generosity and philanthropy of the people that make gifts to our cannabis. If you'd like to have an impact in supporting people that are looking for cannabis careers, then consider making a gift to our cannabis. If you'd like more information, go to contact at rcannabis.org and we'd be happy to follow up with you. Until then, this has been Matt Hoffman and I can't wait to see you in the cannabis field.